Welcome to The Word and the Way. We have biblical conversations centered around the living word and the living way, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining with us. Uh, we have two guests with us this week. Uh, we have Pastor Chad Kennison from Southside Baptist Church in Swainsboro, Georgia. And we also have our friend, Brother Jesse Craigle. He's an evangelist. And uh, these two gentlemen are with us. These two men of God uh, are with us this week. And, uh, and we're going to have good conversations sitting around the Word of God. Well, we're right? going to try. We're going to try. We'll probably get off onto some rabbit trails and stuff like that. But I'm really excited, Cameron, about being on the podcast. And this, this podcast was really born uh, today of a conversation we had the other day in Zaxby's. So if, if y'all love Zaxby's as much as we do, wings and things, great, great stuff. Cameron, you get your everything on your wings and things dipped in the sauce, don't you? I do. I do. So I sure do. So he's like, he he likes it spicy. I do. I, I get I, I get nuclear. Jesse's what I, I get, and that's crazy. That's crazy <laughs> to me. But really, what we, what happened was, we were talking about like, well, what are we going to talk about on a podcast? And a couple of different events, uh, kind of sparked the conversation. I was talking to a friend uh, a week ago. Uh, at a, I was at a meeting in South Carolina. I was talking to Morgan Agee. And we were just talking about our upbringing and stuff. And, and she made this statement. She said, you know, I was brought up a little on the strict side. And she said, looking back on it, I'm thankful for the way I was brought up. And I will probably bring my kids up the very same way that I was brought up. And I thought about it for a minute. And I said, you know what? I was brought up that way too a little bit strict and i mean we had not not like abusive strict because there's a difference you know there's definitely a difference but when you're brought up with rules and you're brought up with house rules and you're brought up to learn to mind your manners and and all those different things wouldn't you agree with me the world says that that's strict yes oh yeah and yeah oh yeah and and so i was talking to cameron and he said you know what i i agree I was brought up with rules. I was brought up, you know, in a Christian home, brought up around the biblical way of being brought up too. And 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 he and he said, you know, I'll bring up my kids the same way I was brought up. Yeah. And another situation that happened uh within the last few days, uh another friend actually is beginning to, you know, a young younger younger teenager and she's beginning to realize you know what Maybe the way my parents are bringing me up isn't so bad after all. Because there's safety in it. Sure. There's safety in it. And that Bible says in uh, Proverbs, what's the reference? Train up a child. Yeah. Proverbs 22 yeah. 6. Yeah, Proverbs train up a child in the way he should go. Yeah. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. And a lot of, I think. Maybe, maybe you could speak to this, Brother Chad. A lot of Christian parents do it right. And and really do. They do it right. And still their kids go off the rails for a while. Right. Uh, you know, I think this is a verse that's sometimes often uh, taken really out of context in a way that uh, the first time a Christian raises a child and uh, or children, and they go astray, and and um, and they'll 
Uh, they'll say, well, the Bible said if, you know, if we'll train up a child in the way he should go, he'll not depart from it. So why did my child depart from it? They left out a clause. Yeah. I think part of that is, I think no matter how far they stray, I think there's always that conscience that the Word of God and you know, the parents as they raise that child, I, I think there may be times when that child, no matter how old they get, uh, they lay there maybe in bed at night or whatever and they reflect back of how they were raised and uh, and they know that they've gotten away from that. Uh, but... Um, but that is absolutely right. There's so many that um, that raise their children and they, they break their heart and yeah. and uh, yeah. And that's that's like I was I was saying. That's kind of the point I had brought up is is how many how many people do we know um, that were raised in this way that we're talking about um, this this evening? I think the best way. Yeah, the you best know. the best way, the best way. But how many people do we know that you know they they would say, "Hey, I was I was raised with uh, with standards, and I was raised, um, you know, with you know my parents being uh, being fairly strict and having rules and stuff." And they ended up they ended up going away, you know, getting out of church, mm-hmm. uh, getting away from those things. But after a while, you know, they did leave those things. But after a while, five, ten, you, sometimes yeah. fifteen years, and, and the next thing you know, hey, look, they they're back, they're back. Yep. And I think that is the amazing thing because it just proves that God's word is mm. is sure once again and and yep. what it says. Well, I think one thing that's important, and and you and I can both speak to this. At some point, we had you know because we were raised in Christian homes. Um, Bible believing, uh, separated unto Christ, Christian parents, <clears throat> parents that we had. Um, but I think one thing, wouldn't you say, having been raised in that, at some point in our lives we had to come to a crossroads. Sure. Where we had to make a choice, are we going to follow in this way? In other words, is this way the right way? Sure, yeah. Or is it the wrong way? Yeah. Now... I will say this, um, there have been times once I chose the right way, there have been times, and I'm sure you can speak to this too, that I have clashed, especially with my mom. We've clashed. Mm -hmm. Because as she's read the Bible, she has one way of thinking about a a, a thing, maybe one standard, maybe one whatever, uh, something the Lord's given her, but as I've read a passage, maybe I'm uh, more conservative or even, dare I say, more lenient on the thing. You usually clash when, when the kid's more lenient and the parent's more conservative. Right. Wouldn't you say? Right. But the thing about it is, I've had to tell my mom, listen, you know, I'm trying to find my way. I'm glad that you led me as a child. You showed me the right way. You trained me the right way and now I'm trying to figure it out for myself. I've I've chosen to follow Christ. Yeah. But at this point in my life, it's got to become my own and I think that's important. Yeah. to know too is I had to make a decision. My mom could not force Christ down my throat. Sure. Right. Sure. Um there's a time when you're about 16 and I dude, 
I remember in high school trying to fake sick so I didn't have to go to church. <laughs> yeah. You know, and my mom or my dad, they'd, they'd come in the room and say, hey, you know, are, are you really sick? Because if you are, you can stay home, but you can't leave your bed all day. Yeah. You know, don't you yeah. can't go in the living room and watch TV. You can't do this. You can't go outside. Uh, we had a pool in the back. You can't go swimming. You've got to lay in this bed all day if you're sick because we want you to get better so you can go back to school tomorrow. Yeah. And the rule was you're living in our house rent-free. You're going to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Basically, every time we're at church, you're going to church. Yeah. yeah. My mom even took my brother and me to women's visitation. <laughs> Now they, <laughs> they had nursery workers. Oh, we stayed. Man. We stayed in the nursery, and 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 while mom was out trying to win souls and stuff, we got to play with toys and stuff in the nursery. But man, I'm telling you, we were at church every yeah. time the opportunity availed itself, and I think that's the kind of training that verse yeah. is talking about. That's yeah. a that's a good story about trying to find ways to. Uh, not go to church, but uh, you know, again. Did you ever have those two? Oh you, yeah. You, but, you know, as you were telling that story. Did, did Cameron ever have where he tried not to go to church? Yeah, I'm sure he did. You know? <laughs> oh, but I, you, I do remember. I do remember. Um, <laughs> a few, a Here we few go. Things, True confession. A few, a few things. A few things growing up that I just look back and. And they were funny, but had to do later on with, like you said, about as as you get older, you know, having to make your own choices and stuff. I remember, Brother Jesse, for the longest, when I when I was younger, I, I wanted an MP3 player. Wanted one so bad, Brother See, Jesse. See, when we were kids, we had Walkmans. Yeah, Walkmans. Yeah. Well, so wanted, I wanted an MP3 <laughs> Every player. Every that takes a... It skips. Oh yeah, the disc man. Yeah, disc yeah, man. yeah. I had one of those. <laughs> but I, I remember wanting that MP3 player so bad, and I remember mom and dad, you know, saying, "Look, we're not going to get you that MP3 player because they thought that songs already came pre-downloaded onto it. Wow. So they were they were worried. I guess that there was going to be like Eminem on there and and some of those some of those other things. And mm-hmm. finally, I was like. I said, no, that's not how that works. You know, you get to choose what songs, you know, you want to put on there. And so, but, uh, and then they ended up, you know, I eventually got an MP3 player mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and that kind of a thing. But What'd you put on there, Cameron? A little bit of Eminem. <laughs> a, little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of LL Cool J. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to Cali. <laughs> but as you tell those oh. stories, it, it does remind me that, you know the Bible still rings true. The Bible says sure. that uh, that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Oh, I can tell you <laughs> stories about that. And, um, <laughs> and so, but you know, that's the whole thing. You know, some people think, well, what's the big deal about making your child go to the house of God, even when they really don't want to? I, I'm a firm believer that that when they're there. Um, I, I know Cameron remembers this. Uh, we'd always tell him, I want you to sit up and I want you to listen <laughs> to the preacher. And uh, you may not be able to take notes, but why don't you draw a picture or write something down that you hear the preacher say? And I don't know if you remember that or not. I do. And, I, I remember. Uh, and you, you'd be surprised, really, what gets down yeah. uh, in the heart of children. 
uh, why those things are going on. And uh, uh, but it's it's funny looking back. Some of these things that uh, Cameron is bringing up, uh, I had maybe forgotten about or didn't know about. So I reckon I'm gonna have to go back and <laughs> get a lot of correction. <laughs> Can we do like uh, a Facebook live video while you do that? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I think well, it'd be funny. It would be fun. It would be fun. I don't know. I don't know. It probably it'd be fun for the rest like of us. I'm yeah. sure your wife would probably cheer she, him on. She would get him, brother would, Chad. She would. She would. She would enjoy that. But uh, it's it's kind of like this, you know. So and then we think of like Proverbs chapter 29 and mm. and verse 15, where you know it talks about the rod talks about the rod and it talks about listen i got my share <laughs> of whoopings when i was a kid up north they call them spankings spankings you get a spanking a spanking down down south they call them a whooping a whooping yeah. okay um and then other places up north like i knew kids moms and they'd be like do you want a licking a licking lickin', and i'm yeah. like what you're gonna lick your kid? Ugh, That's gross. That would be weird. So we got spankings. Cameron <laughs> probably got whoopings. But whatever you call it, listen, it's not abuse. Right. Like abuse is when you jack your kid up and like <laughs> beat them bloody and yeah, all those different things. Like my mom, I can tell you this: when she when she whooped me, she always had. Like she put, I mean, this woman put thought into her whoopings. Okay. <laughs> so before she would even get me in there, that woman would be in her Bible praying over what she was going to say to me, mm-hmm. what she was going to tell me after it was all over preparing, with. Preparing a sermon. Preparing a sermon, three <laughs> points, a poem, and an illustration. And a, and a Charles Spurgeon quote. De- well, mom wasn't a Calvinist. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so like, she'd, she'd get me in there and she would say those dreaded words. She'd say, all right, lay over my lap. And let me guess, this is going to hurt me worse than it hurts No, she you. never did say that. Oh, that was my baby. She, she knew it was going to she hurt me worse. She knew it was going to hurt me worse. And listen here, she had this plastic spoon. Oh, okay, boy. it was it had slats in it, oh, like no. you know them stirring spoons. Yeah, like to catch the wind off of it. Yeah, and so it. she'd yeah. always like give it a little <laughs> test flick, and it'd go through the air like, whoosh. and I'd start crying like the minute that thing went through the air with her little test swing, and she'd probably administer five to ten whacks on my buttocks. Amen. And. and and then she'd sit me on her lap. Of course, when I got too big, I think I, I do think when a when a kid gets too big to sit on mama's lap and and get corrected, he's usually too big for a whooping, like a typical childhood spanking. At that point, you have to use more creative measures. I think. I don't know, brother Jesse. I got my last whipping. I was eighteen years old. Whoa, I was twelve. And you know, I was about to. Uh, I may have already graduated high school. I don't remember, but uh, I was I was pretty much I wouldn't say grown, but I was you know I could have let I could have rebelled and said no, you're mm-hmm. not going to whip me because I'm 18. Uh, but you know I I did out of respect. Yep. Yeah, but wouldn't you say this too? Like you and I are the same age, and we're still like. Scared to get in trouble by mom and dad. Sure, you know what I'm saying. That's that's mom and dad. You're, 
You, I mean, mom could be in a nursing home, and I'd probably still be scared to get in trouble by yeah. her. But anyway, after you know, after I'd get after I'd get spanked, she'd sit me up on her lap or next to me on the bed, put her put her arm around me, and take that old King James Bible of hers that was so wore out. Shoot, it was so wore out, and she she read it every morning, and she still does same one. She's had it rebound. But she'd take that Bible and she'd open up to a passage and she showed me why. Uh, why I got a whooping. Why why did she have to do this? This is what I did wrong. Not only did I break her heart, but I broke God's heart. And she'd have so, prayer with me. So, I mean, she put forethought into it. It, it wasn't something like... like she, she didn't just jack me up and whoop me out of anger. And I know parents that do that. And I know kids that hold a grudge. But I can honestly tell you... And I don't know, y'all probably the same way. I don't hold a grudge. Oh no! But because my mom used the the rod of correction or the slatted plastic stirring spoon <laughs> of correction, we yeah. used to, we used to hide that thing, and she'd I mean, find it. If I'm honest, you know, <laughs> if I if I'm honest, for every one that I got from my parents, <laughs> I probably really needed two or three. Same. Same. I'll never forget one time I, I talked to my brother into taking my punishment from me. Yeah. Talked my brother into taking a whooping. I told him that story about how Jesus died on the cross, <laughs> you know, and took our punishment, took took the the reproach of God, the wrath of God for our sins. And man, by the end of it, he was crying. He's like, I I want to take your punishment. <laughs> I, I want to be like Jesus. So. We went in and he told my mom what he was going to do. And my mom was smarter than me. <laughs> she said, okay, Jesse, but you have to stand here and listen to him get whooped. Yeah, mm. well. And uh, I, I don't like to hear anybody cry, even if it's my brother. <laughs> and I said, no, no, that's okay. I'll just, I'll, I'll take my own, you know. She said, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so parents, I mean, they got to stay ahead of kids. I don't care if they're saved or lost. But I do think that a lot of problem in today's way of dealing with kids is they're not doing it in a biblical way. Sure. What's the verse say that that we're that we're looking at that a, a child left to himself? Proverbs twenty nine. Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah, bringeth yeah. his mother to shame. Twenty nine fifteen. It says, the? "The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left himself bringeth his mother." To shame. Yep. And and how many times do you walk in the store and you see like these young kids just taking a fit because they can't get their own way? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, just, oh, yeah. just give me five minutes with your kid and he won't be doing that and, anymore. And, you know, and here's the here's the sad thing. Those that refuse to correct their children, even sometimes in public, and of course you you always have to be careful with that, but those same parents that refuse to correct their child <coughs> because they think it's cruel is the same ones that'll sit and let them bang their head and their or drag them across the parking lot with them latched on to their uh, legs, screaming and dragging them across the hot parking lot. Yep. I mean, or they or they make them walk on like a dog leash. You ever seen that done? <laughs> that from parents that attach a leash to their kids and they drag them around yeah. because the kids always want. Yeah. Listen, we didn't wander off like that. Well, I did one time. I was in a store. I wanted to go on them. They used to have those rides in the front, you know. 
So I wandered off to find them rides. I got lost and freaked out and stuff. But I guarantee I never did it again. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. I remember one time, I was about, wow, I was about maybe nine, nine years old. And we were in, we were in a store. It was like, I think it was like Macon. It was in a big, a big city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I guess I had a bad habit of walking off from, uh, from mama and them. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I walked off and there just so happened to be, we were in Best Buy and there just so happened to be this very large police officer. <laughs> <laughs> And, and my mom found me, but but she approached the officer and said, look, you know, he keeps wandering off. Make him not do it again. Mm-hmm. And, and she didn't give him any kind of limitation. She oh, wow. just said, scary. You know? <laughs> and I remember this this very large police officer walking up to me, and he's asked me, he said, son, what are you doing? And I just I just became, I said, I, you know, it, just, it scared me, you know. And then he gave me this long speech and stuff. But you know, it's just stuff like it's just stuff like that that does. Well, my mom cared. She didn't want to yeah. see. She well, I mean, what is what I mean? What is that verse? Proverbs twenty nine verse fifteen. It says, "A child left to himself, what does it bring? It brings shame." Yeah, right? that's what the Bible says. My so. my mom scared us. She said the reason we shouldn't wander off is because. There was kidnappers in the stores waiting to nab, nab little kids and and take them and and you know abuse them and stuff. So we never we never wanted to wander off. And it was you remember the time when all those string of kidnappings was going on. You remember Adam Walsh from America's Most was it America's Most Wanted that he was yeah. the host of. His kid got kidnapped and they found the the the, the child was killed and stuff like that. And so. We were always freaked out, you know, like there's kidnappers in these stores. We're not going to walk far from mom because we knew there was safety with her that she sure. was going to fight our battles when we were sure. kids. And I think in kind of that way, when when a, a child's grown up, the parent assumes the role of kind of like the role of God in the flesh in their life. Is that blasphemous to say? No, I get the principle. You get the principle. I'm not talking litter. I'm talking principle. But, you know, they're they're the ones that you go to when you are in trouble and stuff like that. And what it does, it teaches the principle as, hey, when you're older, you know, you may not be able to come to me, but there's a God you can go to. Sure. Right. Sure. So, and, and listen, I realize that some of you that are maybe listening to this podcast Maybe you had parents that took it too far. Um, I know the the generation I grew up in, the the parents of a lot of them were hippies. A lot of my friends and and all that stuff had been hippies before they got saved, you know, and they were out living that rebellious life and stuff like that. And when they got saved and they started having kids, they'd say, "There's there's no way my kid's going to turn out like that." If I have anything to do with it, and they they meant well, but they clamped down too hard on their kid, right. and 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 I saw that with a lot of a lot of kids, unfortunately, in those days that went to Christian school, and I think this is important too. They were taught rules 
but they were never taught to find that relationship with Christ. Right. Sure. You know, and and I think my mom, and I'm sure you could probably say say the same thing. My mom taught me where to find Jesus. Right. Uh, she taught me not only by her words, but she taught me by her life. Uh, I know that every morning my mom's going to be sitting in her spot with a cup of tea and her Bible, same one she used to read when I was a kid. And she'll be reading that Bible and underlining verses that the Lord's speaking to her about. She set that example for us. When I was when I was far from God, I would hear her pray out loud for me. So she taught me not only in in her words, but she taught me in principle. And I think that's why I don't if there was a mistake that she made, I don't remember it. Nor do I resent the way I was raised. And, you know, I asked my brother one time, I said, Do you resent the way that you were that mom raised us? And he said, No. Not at all. And he's not a preacher. Uh, he's not serving God in full-time ministry or anything. He just lives his life. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't regret the sure. way he was raised either. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah. I, I, well, you know, and I know we're talking, and we're talking more like, as you know, just bring us up to help us to remember and to be thankful for, for those of us who had godly parents and and like you said there's probably some people who were listening who might would say you know my mom and dad took it too far and that kind of a thing um but you know maybe there's also somebody that's listening that you might say you know I've not been the the best parent that I should be um and you're you're maybe thinking you know, I'm not really, but you know, I can I can tell you, um, you know, look to Christ, and uh, look to Christ, and he's he's the best model. So when we were talking about doing this and having this conversation, um, you know, me and you, Jesse, we're um, I'm married, you're single, but neither one of us, you know, we have kids, not yet. so not yet, and uh, so, um, but we that's why we wanted to bring on um, Pastor Chad, which I appreciate Pastor Chad because he's also my father, and uh, and I appreciate him. But we wanted to bring him on um, to kind of have the perspective of a parent and also a pastor mm-hmm. um, just to kind of give us some perspective. So I want to ask him, um, Pastor Chad, could you could you kind of give us a few thoughts um, on, on being, you know, that, that parent? Uh, that seeking after leading, you know, uh, leading their their children in the right way, training them up, and that kind of thing. Just give us a few thoughts on that. And yeah, well, first, you know, if you know, and it's a little different, I guess, sitting here in front of uh, uh, Brother Cameron and and uh, knowing he's my son and, and uh, talking about it, but. And of course, my daughter Callie. Um, you know, if if there's anything good in their life that that they serve the Lord, love the Lord, and they turn out okay for the Lord, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mean, first, I would I just say that that God gets all the credit because honestly, uh, I look at a lot of my faults and failures, and I think. 
you know, it's a thousand wonders that my kids maybe don't rebel uh, or maybe, you know, uh, because they look, you know, they look at my shortcomings and, and all of that. But I guess the major thing that I, I would say that I would encourage anybody is, you know, it's kind of like Brother Jesse was saying. I mean, at some point, it, it, it has to be theirs. It, does, it, it can't be my Christianity and my uh, principles or my morals. It has to be theirs. It's much like, it's much like a, a young man that's called to preach. Um, you know, by the time he gets ready to leave, he, he should know what he believes, not, yeah. not just what his pastor believes. And, um, and of course, you know, there's always going to be growth in that area, but the same way with the children, uh, with my kids, you know, there were certain things I didn't give them options or choices over, uh, because I just knew that this is the way it's going to be. I mean, early on in my, in my, uh, Christian life, when I got saved and started, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, please the Lord and do right. One of the things that I, I said is, you know, I, I'm going to be faithful to the house of God mm-hmm. the best that I can. And and I've done that. I, I feel like I've done that over the over the last 20 plus years of, you know, I've been faithful. Now, I you know, I, I'm not saying and I'm not trying to make me sound spiritual or anything like that, but I, I know there is a there is a correlation between uh, faithfulness to God and to the house of God mm-hmm. and 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 just being faithful. I, I tell our folks all the time, I've told my kids, my family, uh, when you can do nothing else, you can be faithful. Yeah, sure. when, when you can do nothing else, even when it seems like your life is falling apart, it seems like things are not going in the direction you want them, it uh, seems like, you know, the bottom's falling out. seems like maybe your kids are not, you know, they're rebelling. You know, that's not the time to stop church. That's the time to say that's where I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And, just anchor uh, down. Just anchor down and just be faithful. And and that's why I didn't give my uh, children an option. As uh, far as I know, there's never been a time since they've been able to you know, uh, walk and talk and that they ever came to me and asked the question, Hey, are we going to church tomorrow (laughs) on a Saturday night? You know, that's, that's just the way it's always been. And, uh, and I, I think that's, I think that plays a big part in it. And, uh, but there, but on the flip side of that, there's things that, that I didn't feel like I needed to super superintend on every decision and choices that they made in their life, and especially as they got older, um, you know, there's certain things I've let them make, make decisions about. Wouldn't you say that sometimes micromanagement can lead to rebellion? Oh, I, I definitely believe it does. Like, because I've I've seen this, and mind you, I'm not a parent, but I'm I've been around, you know, working with teens and. And and I've seen parents, like you know, they say you know, uh, Joey would meet a girl that maybe wasn't the best thing for him, and mom and dad knew it, and in their defense, they were trying to keep him from a train wreck, so they said, no, absolutely not, you can't date her, 
You, you don't bring her to the house. You know, just don't don't associate with her. And what that did was it drove him to find ways to be around her because, you know, the, the verse does say foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And when we were teenagers, we had no sense. Right. And so I've seen a lot of kids get messed up where if mom and dad would have said, you know what, you know, bring her over the house. Let's let's meet her. Let's be friends with her. Let's let's form a bond with her and a relationship and see where it goes from there. Um, I think sometimes they could have caught their kids before they fell. Right. You know, does, does that make any sense? Oh, I, I, I agree 100%. You know, there's, I was just telling somebody, it may have been us the other day when we were talking that, you know, there's been times that in my mind and in my heart, I felt like maybe this is not exactly the best thing, even though I couldn't put my finger on what it may be. Um, you know, if I know my, uh, you know, my children or if it's going to hurt them, if it's going to land them in sin or if it's going to do something like that, of course, I would automatically say no. Uh, but, you know, sometimes, um, and again, I'm not saying let, let them go off deep into sin or even sin at all. I'm just saying sometimes they have to kind of see it for themselves. And, um, and so, and that's why you have to pray for wisdom. I mean, cause I, I believe you can be overbearing. Um, and then the other thing is I'll kind of leave that subject and go to another one is, is being willing to be transparent and open. And, and when you, when you mess up and blow it and you, you do something wrong and maybe discipline or you do something in front of your children, uh, you know, being honest and transparent and saying, hey, I blew it, I, I messed up. And, you know, oftentimes it's always the parents looking for forgiveness from the children for what they do, but what about the other way around? Sure. I, I think sometimes, you know, you just have to say, you know, I blew it, you know, and, and I, I think Cameron would agree with me, and I think he could remember this. Sometimes we would have a, a family meeting, and uh, and I would sit, and I would give my wife, and I'd give my two children an opportunity to say anything that they wanted to say to me or about me that they did not like. If there was something I said, something I did, I wanted them to say it with no consequence. And uh, and I, I think that's part of it, too. I don't know. Do you remember some of that? I, I do. I do. And I remember um, we would have those often. But I'm just, I mean, but that's just one thing that I, that I would say that I'm thankful for. Because I feel like, I feel like in our overall family relationship with, well, with all of us, I mean, even... Even, you know, since my wife um, became part of our family, even long before we got married, but of being transparent with each other. I mean, and I think this is one reason, you know, why I'm happy about this this podcast doing this is because talking has always been a real centerpiece in our family. It's talking, communicating. And um, it's and a lost art these it days. Is, it is a lost art of people not wanting, families not wanting to 
communicate. And and I'm I'm just as guilty as the next guy. You know, we get wrapped up in our devices and mm-hmm. and that kind of a thing. And um, and it's so easier to shoot a text than than to pick up the phone and call and actually have a conversation with somebody. But talking is so important. Oh yeah. And in communicating, and even me as I start. As I'm, you know, started my own family, um, you know, me and my wife, Christina, we we talk often and just try to remind each other, hey, let's talk, let's communicate. And so I do remember those, and and just I do appreciate those. Yeah, we, you know, those and meetings I, and I want to get one more thing in, and then I'm gonna, uh, I guess, be quiet for a little while. But another thing that I would try to do as well is. Is show a good balance of, of things like uh, sometimes you know discipline and 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 it and it was time for the rod and it was time for uh, for discipline to take place. I mean, I, there there was all kind of forms of uh, of <laughs> discipline that we had. I mean, from a bar of soap that that had the children's name on it to. Uh, Charlie, 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 and, and uh, you know we had Charlie. Charlie, Charlie. Well, see, all right, so, all right, here we go, <laughs> you, folks, you, with you, the rabbit trail. You can't just leave us out. I, I can't. All right, all right. So, well, I, I got to tell you now. I got to tell you. So, Charlie, so my my pawpaw, he uh, he always would make me. Uh, he he was in the woodworking, and, and he mm-hmm. he would always you know make toy guns. And well, one time he made this sword. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was about four. Was it was about three foot long? I'd say about, three foot. about three foot long. It was about it was about a, a quarter of an inch thick, probably mm-hmm. a little bit thicker, and nice solid piece of piece of uh, woodwork mm-hmm. there, and and it was a cool sword, you know. Well, the handle broke off of it, and you know I see where this is going. And so 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 we so so Dad says, "Hey, let's not throw that away. Repurposed it. Let's repurpose it." So. <laughs> So see, so anyway, so uh, so what happened was, they sat me down, and uh, said, "What do you want to name? This is your paddle. This is yours. This is yours. What do you want to name it?" And so I name it Charlie. That's funny. <laughs> so we're out in public. Hey, when we get home, we're gonna have a talk with Charlie. <laughs> so we had code words with that, right? But what's what's uh. really even funny about that, and I and I may have. Uh, put this thought in his mind. What's funny about it is, Charlie was also the name of uh, of my uh, when I was in what they call primary school. I don't know what they call it now. Elementary but, school. Yeah, um, our principal. He was a he was actually a pastor, a preacher, a man of God, a good oh, wow. man, and uh, he believed in discipline. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a red paddle, <laughs> and uh, that. The name of that paddle was Charlie. That's funny. <laughs> and I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But, uh, you know, we laugh about it. But, you know, we would we would do this with our children. And and they would do something. And and I would have time to think about it. And uh, and I'd felt like that maybe, maybe they had already learned their lesson. Mm-hmm. And it didn't require... Uh, talk with Charlie. I don't know if Cam remembers this, uh, but several times uh, we would sit down and I'd have the paddle. But instead of paddling, I'd say, "I want, I want to, I want to do something, and I want you to understand." And uh, and I'd say, you know, I, I 
I told you I was going to spank you when we got home, but I thought about it and I said I would say instead of instead of that I, I'm going to I'm going to show you what you learn in the Bible what God does and that shows mercy. And this time we're going to we're going to let the discipline go. And, uh, and I think you understand you've already what you what you did. And uh, but I want to I want to extend mercy so you can understand that God is a God of mercy as mm-hmm. well. And I, and I think that's part of the balance. I, sure. I think I mean, we could, you know, you, you can spank and discipline all you want. But at the end of the day, they've got to learn. And sometimes yeah. constant thrashings is not the way to go. And, well, uh, well I, I, that, that kind of actually segues into what I wanted to say, you know, just in conclusion, what I had on my mind is don't set your kids up for failure. Uh, I, I know, and we talked about this guy the other day, one of these prolific authors on how to train up your child. <laughs> yeah. Got a little Amish uh, buggy on the front of his book. You've, you, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In his book, he basically says, set your child up for failure so that you can spank them hmm. and show them what not to do. Really? And and I wow. kind of take issue with that because I don't believe God sets us up for failure. Sure. Sure. I believe this, that God sets us up for success. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah it says, I know the thoughts I have uh, towards you, uh, thoughts of peace, you know. Yeah. Uh, the Lord is not some ogre in the sky thinking how he's going to chastise us Beat the next you over time. The head. Right. Yeah. I think he would rather take us up in his arms and love us back to him. Sure. Than chasten us back to him, chastise us back to him. Um and and so I kind of think this if if you can set your kid up for success rather than failure, then when there are failings and you correct them, in that way you're also setting them up for success. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, and and don't, don't put stumbling blocks out for your kids so you can crack down on them. If the opportunity has to avail itself, then you train them, then you crack down on them, then you do what you have to do, then there has to be chasing involved. But I think overall... I was set up for success. My mom set a good example. She didn't put stumbling blocks in my way. Matter of fact, you know, when there was family problems, she'd keep those between her and dad, sure. and she wouldn't share them with us. We didn't have to know about those things. Sure. Uh, I don't. I don't know. You may have something to add, you know, to that, brother Chad. Well, yeah, I, and. It, you know, there's you, just you may so just much. you may call me a heretic. I don't know. No, I, 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 I just I keep thinking of important things that I, that I want to say, and we could go on and on with this. But uh, you we know, might have to do a part two. Yeah, we might have to do. We'll bring Callie two. in. Part two, <laughs> interviewer. Yeah. Uh, but one of the one of the other things I think was a vital part of of our kids, and still is today, is. Uh, we always, we, I was always able, for the most part, to keep keep my wife at home, and uh, 
you know, it, sometimes she had worked outside, but for the most part, in the younger days or the younger years of our children, she was always home with them. And, that, and that's, you know, again... It, it, Mom was home with us when we were young, too. And, and, and that's a blessing. And I think the society today, the way we've got it set up is it takes two incomes to make it to, to try to have a little something. And, and I think sometimes that that ends up hurting. And again, I'm not being critical of parents, uh, that both parents work, but what I'm saying is I think there's a benefit to mom being at home and and uh, and I, I attribute also um, things that my wife uh, instilled and just kids being able to be with their mom, you know, during the day and that yeah. kind of thing. Well, isn't it isn't it funny though in in Proverbs twenty nine fifteen it says this, but a child left himself bringeth his mother mother to shame. Yep. Because dad's always out working. He ain't got a kid. Yeah. He ain't got a Another, clue. because... Brother. Mama stayed home with the kids, <laughs> made peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. She, she had her finger on our pulse. Yes. yes. All the time. Bringeth his mother to shame. Right. I used to... You know... But then we'd quiver when mom said, wait till your father gets home. Yeah. Because we knew we'd step in You know in what, it. Brother Jesse? <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this. I, I'll say this. There's something about your mother saying i'm disappointed in you sure oh yeah there's something about that now now mother's love we know yeah a mother's love is is for the most part i think it's almost unbreakable you know yeah there's something spiritual about it there is something spiritual about it but there's also something powerful with the mother's influence yeah with the mother's influence but you know just I, i just remember as a kid you know to make my mama cry you know, was a bad feeling, mm-hmm. you know, sure. for her to be disappointed. Or even to hurt mom's feelings just in the yeah, least. Yeah, just, the yeah. The woman who did so much for us. And, you know, even as an adult, like, so I I, I was, I, I had to spend a few days in the little hospital. I had to cove back in December. Uh, and I talked to my mom every single day. Sure. Every, and knowing that she was worried. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I knew there was other people worried too, but knowing that it was putting that stress on mom yeah, yeah, was harder on me than anything else. Sure. Because, like, I found out that the, when she found, when, when you called her and said, hey, you know, Jesse's in the hospital, she actually left work. She couldn't finish working that day. Yeah. Yeah, she was upset. She and was that killed concerned. me. That killed me. Now, mind you, I wasn't doing anything wrong, but mom took the day off of work to worry about me. And that hurt me. Yeah, something powerful. It it's really power. Is. There's it a is. bond there. It is between a mother and a kid, yeah. and a, and a father and a kid have a bond. But mom and a kid just there's something. Yeah, there's something there. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, um, I don't know. This might have to be a part two, <laughs> but you could go on and on and on. Well, think about you know as far as you know with God. Yep. The 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 side there are some. Some motherly characteristics about God. Sure, they're right. 
And, uh, you know, think about that. And those Jesus good- talked about wanting to gather, you know, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, wanting to gather uh, sure. under his wings like sure. a... Like a mother hen gathers sure, her chicks. Sure. So I mean, and, and again, you could. This might. Be and, like, and I ain't got no use for birds, but I mean. But that's you know, pretty good. It's it's, it's pretty, pretty deep. <laughs> it and, is. And and uh, the the Holy Ghost is kind of a type of a mother. Sure. You know, sensitive like that. The relationship is sensitive, and it's the Holy Spirit that we grieve when we sin. Yeah. And we that's grieve. Good. It's like we grieve Mama when we sin. Sure. So. It's a good picture. You know, hey, might be a part two. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. But I've really enjoyed the discussion. Man, this has been good. And and I hope uh, I hope our listeners have too. Yes, yes, yes. But well, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, again, the title, the word, and the way, having biblical conversation. That is centered around the living word and the living way, which is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But we appreciate you joining in. And never know, there might be a part two, but we'll see. But uh, thank you for listening, and thank you, Pastor Chad. Thank you, Brother Jesse, for joining us. Thank you. And uh, and I want to say I love you, Mom, and uh, I appreciate you. I love you, you. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Mom. Love you. Mom, what's up? But, uh, hey, though, um, I am thankful for my mom. But uh, thank you again for listening, and uh, and we'll see you next time. God bless. See ya. Thank you for checking out The Word in the Way. You can now find us on Facebook at The Word in the Way. We want to hear from you, the listener, so please feel free to reach out to us. Maybe you have a question or you want to hear us talk about a certain subject or topic. We want to hear from you. Thank you again for your support. We'll see you next time. God bless.